everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Out in the night out. You're tuning in to WrestleTalk. 657-383-1521. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling. And we'll have some of the best damn interviews for professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lance. Ladies and gentlemen, fasten your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Let's talk begins in five, four, three, two, one. Enjoy the ride. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's right. It is Tuesday night. And then it is time for the Wrestle Talk Podcast. I am John Haas, and we're waiting here for the maestro Jeremy Carp to get here. He's running a little bit behind, but we're going to get this thing going anyway. So while we're waiting on him, let's go ahead and get things underway here. You know, just like we always do. Let's start here with our sponsors. Our great sponsors that we could not do this show without. That's everything Combat, Kincaid, East Sports Bar, Kansas City, Interstate 70 Sports Media, who's late for the show, Royal Mills Transportation, Painter Dreams Productions, Wrath Bun Engraving, where you can you can contact us and get your very own Wrestle Talk podcast mug with your name engraved on it. They do one heck of a job for us. For only $25, ladies and gentlemen, that's right. You can contact myself, you can contact the Night Owl, you can contact Nightmare Jones, you can contact Jeremy, any one of us, and we'll be glad to get it for you. And, uh, of course, we can't forget the FWWC, the Premier Fantasy Wrestling Group. There are a lot of great sponsors there, and we could not do this show without them. So let's go ahead and get underway here, ladies and gentlemen. And wait, wait, wait. What is that? What? We haven't heard from this guy in a while. What's his, what's his music going to He's not here, is he? Oh, my goodness. I missed you. I missed you. Thank you. Thank me. My heart to yours. Thank you. Just wonderful. Did you miss me? I feel like, you know, I'm one of those guys you talk crap on like Maestro does. And then when I come back, you go, wow, what a a savior. I I, I missed you like a toothache, let me tell you. I'll appreciate that. I think we can all miss those every once in a while. How have you been? How's the family? How's Russell talk? Hey, every, everything's been going great, you know. It, it's nice to see you back, uh, I think. Uh, so for, for anybody who doesn't know, and I don't think anybody doesn't know, it's Mr. Drake Lee, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> so you're right, but you're not right. And we got we to gotta kind of nip this in the bud early. And I, I'm not disrespecting you. I appreciate the introduction. But we're getting ready to launch a pretty, uh, pretty elaborate uh, 
infrastructure plan, if you will. And in order for me to achieve these goals, not just mine, but the goals of my constituents, we have to be transparent. And the Drake Lee, the Drake Delano that you guys know is gone. I decided to use my real name, which is Richard Douglas. And you can call me Dick if you'd like. Um, and that's what we're going to stick with, because without being transparent, such as using legal names, my mission will not be accomplished. Our mission wouldn't be. So with that being said, Haas, Mr. Douglas appreciates being right here on the Russell Talk podcast. Once again, I missed you. I missed the show. I've even missed some of the fans. I, I, I think we'll stick with Dick. You know, it seems to be a name that fits the persona. Ooh. Okay. I'll take that. <laughs> Going to be a good show. All right. All well. I know, all I know is that I've missed a lot since I've been gone for a month and a half, and I feel like this is kind of a common thread here. We get ready to start the show. Jeremy says that he's behind or in work. I don't know what that means. I mean, I'm I'm a pretty busy guy, but I always make time to be on time for this show because I love and respect you guys so very very much. Well, speaking of love and respect, we could not start this show without showing our love and respect for this great country. And that is America. Damn it. So if you would remove your hats, place your hands over your heart and we're going to have the national anthem. That's just beautiful. Yes, it is. It brings a tear to your eyes every time, doesn't it? Best damn country in the world, and that's America, damn it. That's you know, I heard that somebody we know is under the weather. And I, I have heard that. I don't think so. I don't know if I can believe that. You don't, you don't kind of see where I'm coming from with this? I can't say that I do. I mean, because I, I can believe that he's under the weather because – for those who don't know, we are talking about the Night Owl here. And, you know, the Night Owl would not miss the Wrestle Talk podcast for anything. That's and true. So, That's so true. For him not to be here. It hurts. And, and to leave me with you, it, it has to, he has to be under the weather. Wow. So we're getting back to normal already. The honeymoon's <laughs> over, huh? Okay. Whew. Here we go. At least, at least Renee can be on time. He has, he has a lot of detriments, but to be on time and to be very supportive and loyal to this brand is, is impeccable. And I wish Jeremy would get on with the pro. Has he been late this whole like time I've been gone, or what's what's the over-under here? Uh, he's actually been making it right about showtime, uh, but he's always told us he may be late. So, you know, it, it is what it is. So, like, it may thunderstorm today. You may get hit by a car today. I might be on time. Type of, type of thing. That's what we're going with. Yeah, basically. But, you okay. know. That's great. Hey, well, how's everyone been, though? I want to know how, how the hosts have been. I, I got to get some feedback here on, on our Nightmare Jones. Jeremy will rendezvous whenever he feels the need to show up. And I'm, I wish that Renee gets better. Um, oh, 
the dynamo screw job. We have a question coming in, and I'd like to address it really quick from our good friend uh, Zachary Edwards. You know, I, I think the dynamo screw job is probably the worst thing that could happen in dynamo. Snitch deserves so much more than what's been what's been going his way. I've been a firm supporter of the snitch, and I hope that he is a uh, a firm supporter of mine. But yeah, Dynamo needs to wake up because what's going on there needs to be addressed, and we will take care of it very soon. Okay. What do you think, Oz? Well, you know, I, I'm honestly, beans. I'm out here on the East Coast. I'm not really familiar with the situation, so. Uh, I, what? I guess I, I can't. I can't really speak to it. You can't speak to it. This thing has been going across the airwaves here nationally. We, we, I've heard people in Texas talk about this screw job. Well, it's okay. okay. I forgive you. I don't know if the snitch can. I, I happen to be. I might know him. You know. I don't know. Well, all right. Well, that's how it is. But anyway, how's how's Nightmare Jones? How is uh how's 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 John Haas how, or Hardcore Haas? How's Jeremy? Are they all kind of falling in line finally? Or you still got to smack them around a bit? Oh, we're all we're all doing pretty good, you know. And myself and Nightmare Jones, we're getting ready to head down to uh, West Virginia here, not this weekend, but next weekend for the uh, G Force show and the death matches and. You know, oh. we're, we're really excited about that. We're looking forward to that. We've had some of the guests on in the past couple of weeks that's going to be at that show. You know, and so we're, we're really looking forward to being there and, and seeing these guys do what they do. And, you know, it's going to be awesome. Death matches. Yes. Wow. Has, uh, has Jeremy ever thought about doing those? I, I don't know. You'll have to ask him when he comes on. Well, you know, I, I don't think I maybe we should change the show time to seven fifteen. Maybe that fits his schedule better. I know, I know how you know busy he is. How about you? Have you ever thought about getting into death match? Match, okay, but um, yes and no. Um, I feel like some people would like to see that. Um, however, I'm not as dumb as some people think I am, and uh, my team has already told me that that's no. That's part of the contracts that that I have to sign to bring my team members on. Uh, no death matches, but I will if someone wants me to throw them through a window pane. That's fine. Yeah, you, you just don't want to mess up that pretty face of yours. We we understand. This is where the money happens, right here. <laughs> How have All you right. been, Richard? Oh, I've been very good, Hoss. Thank you for asking. You know, I'm just training at a little place called RWA, having the time of my life, learning from the best of the best, and and I couldn't be happier. The people there are great, um, everyone. And our good friend Ricky Cruz is on. Hello, Ricky. It's great to I, – I, I heard your match went very well at Glen Carbon. I was excited and looking forward to that, and I'm sorry I missed it because I heard it was it was very good. They had a great crowd. All right. Well, while we're waiting, let's uh... – Did you just completely ignore what I just said? No, I didn't ignore you. Okay. But uh, let's go ahead and get into our high spots here. With our uh, with our theme that was created by DJ Money here. My check, my check. Yeah. All right, all right. WrestleTalk podcast. DJ Money. Yeah. Let's go. 
Welcome to high five, story five news like Lamb Chop. We dog shop, coming through the screen with a laptop. And non-stop like a brother sleeping the black top. We hit hard like chair shots and back drops. Uh, I'm a flash, we're like a belly flop. Now that's on. We got the scene while they stay slow. Wrestle talk, podcast, now they know. We about to start the show. Uh. Take it away, John. Well, before we start, let's let's get to the best high spot of all. Let me tell you, uh, the maestro has arrived. The maestro is in the building, so let's go ahead and bring him in here. Gentlemen, gentlemen, how are we doing this fine evening? Uh, better now. Well, thank you, John. I appreciate it. Drake, how are you, my friend? Uh, maestro... He, he no longer uh, goes by Drake. Yeah, I'll take care of this. Thank you, Haas. Take, uh, thank uh, you, Haas. You see, um, because you were fashionably late, we had to we had to kind of start. It's okay. I know you're a busy guy, but you. unfortunately, we're we're working on. We have to get rid of the whole the whole Drake Lee thing, and here's why. Um, we have a very very great plan that uh, I've been working on with a new team. I've hired a new team. I've I shared that on my social medias. We got rid of some people, and I wish them the best in their future endeavors. Um, but we started a new a new plan, and this plan incorporates not just us, not just our fans. It incorporates everyone around the world. And for that to happen, transparency is key. And that's why going forward, I'll be using my legal name, Richard Douglas. But you can call me Dick, Jeremy. Well, that name sure definitely fits the personality. So why have I heard that? Why have I heard that twice already? That that seems to be a common uh, common. Comment I'm glad that I could be gone for five weeks, almost gone on six weeks here, probably seven, and I still get the love that I need from Jeremy. I think that's what I just live off of. I mean, I wake up every day going, wow, I hope Jeremy says something very horrible to me today. Well, I'm glad that's you okay. But you know, this is the thing. Would you believe that I was the one that missed you the most? I make that comment and I still miss you the most out of everybody. Did you really? Because John said something different. Did. We have we have a dynamic that nobody else could possibly understand. We do. You know. We do. And I, I unfortunately, you know, I feel like some every time you're with me, though, you always are a little late and you leave me out to drive for a couple of minutes. But that's okay because we need each other. We're kind of we're co coexistent here. We are you know, symbiotic. What's and. Uh, Aaron Wallace, I'm sorry I forgot about you, but we're glad you're here also. So thank you for commenting. Share it. We'll have fun. We got a lot to talk about this first hour. Absolutely. I mean. And actually, before we get going here, I want to let the listeners know that our uh, our first guest tonight actually had to cancel on us. So we do have the first hour to fill here. And so we're going to have an extended high spots where we'll talk about anything. And uh, if you guys want to come on and talk with us and join us in a high spot, feel free to shoot myself a message uh, under John Haas on Facebook, or you can shoot any one of us a message and they'll make sure that uh, you get the link to come on and join us right here in the studio. So please do, you know, we look forward to talking with you guys, but uh, you know, Drake, one of, I'm sorry, uh, you know, Dick, you know, one of the reasons that we didn't miss you that much was because 
whenever somebody would bring you up, it was like you were here because we actually have an audio recording of you that, you know, we would play so we wouldn't miss you so much. Again, okay. What, what, Jeremy? Did you fall here? Are you being robbed? What's I'm happening? I'm trying to be honorable because I was trying to laugh off screen. I didn't want to laugh in front of you, Dick. I really didn't, but it is what it is. It That's funny. okay. You know what? The old, the old Drake Lee character probably would have my old. You know the stage stuff. I would probably take over, but I'm not. Dick is a nice guy. Okay. My, in real life, I'm very nice, very friendly. People call me probably the nicest person ever, and that I, that's cool. But I missed you guys too, and it's great to know that the fans just couldn't get away from me, and, and I, I appreciate that. So, Jeremy, with that being said – oh, sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. I was going to say, you know what? I know I'm new fine. Name, new name, but I'm going to give you credit because that is one sick outfit. I'm just going to oh. go with it. It's this is what we use for uh, my charity events. I do a lot of charity events, and uh, this is the black velvet jacket. Um, no more sparkles, unfortunately. This That won't work for this new plan. But uh, the black velvet, sleek, very nice. Uh, sea Island cotton turtleneck, very nice, very comfortable. And I used to, I would have told you how much this costs, but I'm not going to anymore. This is a, this is a new era. Yeah. New All right. Era. Well, let's usher in this new era, guys, with some talk about AEW Double or Nothing, one of the most hyped-up pay-per-views in recent memory in the pro wrestling world, and with some of the most intense matchups and storylines carrying over in the wrestling world. So, Dick, I want you to bring up what match would you like to talk about first? Because there were so many, a lot of things to come out of that pay-per-view. Which one really stuck out to you to begin? Um, I like the Miro. I want to talk about Miro and Archer. I, I, I think that that to me was a very, very nice, nice match. I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm glad that Miro got to got to retain. I'm glad he, he retained, and I I hope this is a long run for him. He deserves it. Um, let's be honest. The guys watched his, you know, maybe watched someone he likes make out with another man on another company's television show, um, and kind of be underutilized. And uh, to see him now. Uh, where he is, is is quite frankly, it's it's phenomenal. So I wish you, I think that the match itself was very good. Um, Jake bringing out the bag, it goes back to that old adage, you know, am I going to pull out the snake? Who knows? But it's already in your mind that that snake's coming out. So that was really cool. And um, I really, I just enjoyed it all the way around. I liked the finish. Um, I, I liked the uh, the way that he uh, put his submission in because Lance is a bigger guy and uh, yeah. he needed to uh, get some different leverage. So I really liked how he did it. I like how he, uh, he outsmarted Lance, and Lance is a hell of a guy. So that's that's no one to no one to slouch off at any means. No, and you know, I agree because and you know you bring up Miro having to watch his wife. Oh God, we've talked about that in the past about that lovely storyline with his wife and Bobby Lashley. That was just you. You were saying the nasty things. I just encouraged it. Yeah, that, okay, that's true. You did encourage it. But it was like me speaking on behalf of both of us at the time because uh, it just it, yeah, that's fair. yeah, and it's nice to see Miro has a good standing in AEW right now. 
I was actually glad, and this isn't putting down Darby Allen in any way because I think Darby Allen is right. a phenomenal performer, but I think it was good to put the belt on Miro um, because it, he has this whole new brutality, his personality to him. He's not just your everyday strong man. He does have a great character to right. him, and he knows how to get the audience, and we've seen this based off his work in WWE as well, get the audience whether on his side or against him. I feel he's naturally better as a heel. Um, and to put him against somebody like Archer, who I think he's starting to get in that phase where he was turning face and heel too many times. You know, it's starting to become a little confusing for the audience. I think he's in a good spot right now as well. It was a good match. Um, I think it's kind of an underrated one based on some of the more high profile storyline matches you know, such as the Stadium Stampede and the uh, and Sheeta versus Dr. Britt Baker, which we'll get to also. But no, definitely, and I'm very glad he retained as well because, you know, he you want Reigns to be more lengthy in AEW, in my opinion. I think that the company's been successful partially because they're not frequently changing titles off people. I think because they've established champions. Very, I guess, I mean, to take, I'm not going to take the full term, you know, it says city on the hill for you, but they're at the top of the hill, if you will. So I think they did the right booking, having Mira retained. And like you said, it was a very good match, you know, through and through. Uh, very unique submissions as well. You know, like you yeah. said, he had to, you know, Archer is a bear guy. You're not facing your your uh, everyday like Darby Allen or Hangman Adam Page type thing. So, absolutely. Um, so the first match I'd like to discuss actually well, is real quick, real quickly. Go ahead. Um, you got to be careful with that city on the hill thing. I, you know, my lawyers aren't as nice as I am, so we got to be careful for that. I'll. Here at uh, I-70 Sports, we, we got our own team. We're working on some things, so we'll make sure not to push any boundaries. Don't worry, buddy. I'm not bad. Um, they might be, but I'm not. Oh, yeah. Uh, understandably so. Well, the first match I would uh, like to talk about, if it's okay, is actually the Casino Battle Royal that happened. Yeah, great. And, you know, most people expected Christian to be the winner in that. Most people yep. predicted it because he's been ever since he joined AEW, he's had a very prominent role. He's not been booked as an unstoppable monster or anything, but he's just had this very prominent role, and he's shown he can still go at a very you know solid rate. But I think Jungle Boy winning, and yes, spoiler alert, folks, Jungle Boy did win the Casino Battle Royale. I think it was great. You have to ride the hot hand. There is not. If or if hardly anybody more over in AEW with the crowd than Jungle Boy, right. whether he's with Luchasaurus and Marco Stunt or not, Jungle Boy is just his own enigma. I mean, he was uh, voted by the Wrestling Observer Newsletter a couple years ago as the Rookie of the Year, um, and he is among one of the most popular wrestlers for audiences. He always gets a loud reaction, and he's always performed great matches. So. I think this is a great spot for him to really start getting a push because I feel like, you know, I don't want him to turn heel or anything like that, if you will, but I just feel like within being a part of Jurassic Express, I feel like you're just kind of at a middle ground. 
They've never really moved up, but they've never really dropped down. But sometimes being content is just as bad as anything else because you're not going to be motivated enough to go reach for higher lengths or greater heights. But I think with Jungle Boy winning this, I think it'll bring a lot more to the table for him. And I'm excited. I'm very happy he won. And, Dick, I want to know what your thoughts are on that. Well, um, I, I, I honestly, I thought that there was no one better to win that, and he, he, he earned it. He worked his, he, he fought his ass off in that match, and you know the, the final two being Christian and him, that, that's a good, great nod, um, and it just shows that sometimes the younger guys prevail. Um, I think that um, it was just, it was great. The crowd was ready for this match. The crowd was ready to be, to be back into full swing, and I'm, and it's just, it shows that this whole year of shit that we just encountered is almost over. And um, I'm glad for that. And I think that all the fans are glad for that also. Um, I, I really, I, I wasn't expecting the Leo Rush thing um, at all. That was completely either. out of left field. Um, I know people were saying something about they didn't like the layout of it or they don't like how it's structured. Well, too damn bad. I do. So oh, there's that. Um and uh, I mean, really, it just it showed time and time again why fans are so important for this stuff, the, the, especially these matches. Um, the Royal Rumble that was hard. That that it was won. that was hard. Um, it, you can't. It's hard. Those matches are built for fans. I mean, they really are. Yeah. Though that that whole match is built off the crowd's reaction, and uh, to have to have the fans back and not just back, but they're ready to go. Anything that they could have done. There could have been a guy that, hell, Jungle Boy could have thrown a damn bouncy ball in the air and they would have freaking popped. That's how excited they were for wrestling. And to hear him go with the, oh, you know, their chant, the way they chanted for him the whole damn night just showed why, you know, it gave them that motivation to keep going. And uh, it was it was definitely, to me, it was fun. It was a great way to start the show. And um, I really enjoyed it. I really did. Hoss, what do you think about that? Oh, I, I agree. It was a it was a great match, you know, and and uh, I, I just I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the whole pay per view itself. I, I thought it was a really good show. So AEW is putting out a really good product, I think, and I, I think they're showing that they're not just here for a short time, and they're they're still they're still growing. Right. Um, yeah, especially with all the business moves they've been making the last couple of couple of months, it's been it, it just shows they're cementing something. Um, next match I want to talk about because I feel like we're kind of we rode the battle royal out a little bit. Um, let's just go into uh, into Sheeta and Britt. Um, that to me it was about damn time. Um, you know, Britt's a hell of a, a hell of a wrestler, and and the fact that you know Sheeta's no slouch either by any means. Um, I, I really enjoyed both of them. I thought that. It was it was where it needed to be, and uh, for Britt to win um, to win clean was huge, and it was cool. I don't know if you saw on the social medias. One of my uh, digital guys showed it to me today. Was um, her in the dentist office or her dental office with the belt? That was pretty cool. So um, you know she's she looks great. Uh, she's great, hell of an athlete, and um, I think she'll do great for that women's division. Absolutely. You know, this is how I look at the Britt Baker Harushita match. Um, I felt it was one of the more predictable res and results 
But that is not anything against it. I was okay. so happy Britt Baker won because, I mean, okay, Ty Conti is personally my favorite female wrestler in AEW, mm-hmm. but Britt Baker is without a doubt right there, almost neck and neck, because she just has such great charisma. She works the crowd great. And like, I know I brought this up multiple times already tonight, but for me, a big thing is working the crowd. Whether or not you get them to cheer you or boo you, you the go home show of Dynamite before Double or Nothing. She, you mean when she pointed out D M D, the crowd was repeating it. I mean they were hyped the whole time, and it was at that point I was like, you know what? She's probably going to win, and there's nothing wrong with that. And all I wanted out of it was a hell of a match, which we got. Both, like you said, Nick, are extremely talented wrestlers. I think with AEW, the first seven months, maybe eight months, I honestly felt they were lackluster when it came to how they were showcasing their female division. They had a lot of very talented female wrestlers, but they weren't booked properly or they weren't showcased uh, as prominently as I felt they should have. Ever since then, though, Things have been so much better. It's really improved. Um, And I was very happy, you know. And like you said, her winning clean was the most important thing. That was the biggest takeaway from it all because it shows (laughs) that she is a formidable opponent to me that you don't want to mess with. And wherever that sneeze came from, Gesundheit. Um, Is, Is fucking Renee here somewhere? His sick ass, is he fucking backstage in the studio fucking sneezing? What's going on? You know, it's funny. <laughs> Next night note, folks, Renee sent us a picture of what he looked like. You know, get well and, soon, Renee, for no, sure. No, hold on. I just want to say what Jeremy said to Renee about that picture was, was very going to say it. Go ahead. You tell him. You tell him. Take that heat. I, yeah, I'll take the heat on this one because I don't regret it. Look, folks. The picture looked like what Kane looked like when he first got unmasked back in 2003. <laughs> Not uh, funny. Shots fired! Shots fired! <laughs> Not funny. <laughs> uh, by the way, get well soon, man. We love you. Anyway. That's not what you texted me. <laughs> that's not what I texted the old you. The current you. Oh, okay. The there we go. Stuff. There we go. That's fair. But, yeah, overall, it was a very good match, and I think it just continued the hot streak of the successful pay-per-view that was Double or Nothing. Yes. Also, what do you think? Oh, yes, de- definitely. Like, like it's been said, she is, you know, Britt is one hell of a performer. She is very deserving of where she's at. Yeah, so it was a great match, and I, I think they got the outcome right, and you know, it's just enjoyable to watch. So, you know, I, I really enjoy it all. All right. Awesome. Well, I guess the next match that we should talk about is probably the stadium stampede. And my, my personal opinion is the stadium stampede because it's what, what closed out the show of dynamite, the episode of dynamite, you know, um, the Pinnacle, MJF, they had Dean Malenko kind of kidnapped at the stadium. So the inner circle's chasing after him. They get ambushed, whatnot. First off, I just want to say 
Tully Blanchard being involved in all of this is just awesome on so many levels. It's not just great from a nostalgic fan standpoint. He's not just like that old legend that's hanging around. No, he is very prominent. He still talks well on the mic. He's very intimidating as a manager. And on top of that, he's done a couple matches, which he's done pretty good in too. So kudos for AEW using legends and Hall of Famers properly. That's the important thing. You know, they're not overexposed. They're just used in the right spots. Um, With that said, uh, the Stadium Stampede match, AEW has this thing where there's a lot of, and I think Joe and Haas and I talked about this last week, but there's a lot of those uh, stipulations where if you lose, this faction breaks up, or if this team wins, they get to stick together, things like that, and that's happened a lot. When that stipulation was put in place for the stadium stampede, I knew the inner circle was going to win. They are so popular with the fans. They are all extremely talented, but they all need each other, in my opinion. I think they all need to stick by each other, except for Chris Jericho, because he's one of the all-time greats. But I think having him still stick with Sammy Guevara, having Santana, uh, Santana and Ortiz, you know, and Jake Hager, them being together is vital for the success of all of them. And the pinnacle are no slouches either. And that's what I think made the match so amazing was because, I mean, you have all these guys who, while they are talented as, you know, as individuals, it's what brought them all together that made them truly successful and why Chris Jericho and the inner circle could probably be considered the most over faces in the, in AEW and why I'm just going to say it. MJF is amazing as a prick. I mean, Oh my gosh. I don't think there's any guy in wrestling that's easier to dislike than MJF. And I'll say it because, and I'll say it because of this. MJF isn't, doesn't have that type of negative reaction to where they don't like seeing you on screen. When I watch Dynamite every week, I want MJF to be there. You know, I want him at the pay-per-views and everything just so I can boo the hell out of him because he's just amazing at what he does. And, you know, that type of thing is what gets, keep. That's how those types of characters what keep me enthralled in with wrestling. You know, the one seeing the good guy, bad guy type thing. It's an old school formula, but people such as MJF pulled off perfectly. And he is to me the top heel. He's a bigger heel than Omega, a bigger heel than Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. You know, I mean, bigger heel than the Young Bucks, all of them. MJF to me is the top dog. And. Even though the Pinnacle lost, the match was still a success. There wasn't a very controversial ending like you had in the Blood and Guts match, you know. So overall, it, ha- it had the great moves, you know, those highlight reel moments. Nothing that screams five stars or anything, but it doesn't have to. It told a great damn story. I, and this these month-long feuds, it's only going to continue. I'm excited for where it's going to go from here. Nick, what do you think, bud? Um, well, I think that when I 
when I'm watching this and Jericho's rappelling down this goddamn Titantron, and I saw how freaking hard this guy was falling, okay? I didn't think anything bad was going to happen, obviously, but at one point in time, it looked like he smacked himself against the, the damn scoreboard. And I don't know if he did or not. I, I don't know how to ask him that but or even how to get a hold of him. But the fact of the matter is the whole thing was cool. I, I, I'm a fan of those. I, they're fun. Um, I, I'm, I'm ready for them to have their, their third match in the ring, you know, all together doing like a Survivor Series type of match. I think that would be cool. Um, but I kind of I kind of thought maybe this is the end for the inner circle because Fozzie's getting ready to do their, you know, tour again, to be honest with you. So that's why I kind of had that back of my mind thought, well, maybe, you know, Chris is going to tour, do blah, blah, blah. You know, he comes back and it's a big, happy family. Didn't happen. And it was a good it was just fun. It, those matches are fun to watch. And um, they make you, you know, enjoy the enjoy the little things. It was a great way to top off the card because you had a every match was good. It's it's very rare, um, and I think it shows you know the, the importance of having the fans there because those fans made those matches as good as what they were, um, and maybe even better and propelled them. So um, to have that, and then you have that to kind of close the show out. I think it's a really it was a smart move, and um, it was fun. Like you said, it was it, there's nothing really to say more about it. It was fun, enjoyable, and I, and I had a good time watching it. And, oh, I uh, agree completely. Yeah, Haas, what are you thinking? You like it? Yes or no? Maybe so. Oh yeah, that it was definitely a good match. Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it, and you know, I, I also agree with Jeremy. You know, when he talks about uh, how he likes to have MJF there because he likes to boo him. You know that that's the thing. No matter whether you're heel or face, to get the crowd involved and to get that pop going. You know, and, and if you're good. If you're good at this stuff, you can get the crowd going no matter which side of the coin you're on. Sometimes you can even flip the coin and, and still get the fans going, you know? So I, I really do enjoy watching wrestling and I enjoy, you know, watching these guys do the art that they do because it really is an art to it, whether people realize it or not. So. I enjoyed the the match a lot, and it, it was truly, truly a good pay per view. Yeah, it was. And I, yeah, I really told. Go ahead. No, that was literally all I was going to say. I was just going to agree with Haas about you know overall, top to bottom, it was a great pay per view, and you know that's something that AEW really needs to keep on going rolling with because. You know, and Dig, I wanted to get your thoughts on this, and Haas too, if you want to definitely chime in your thoughts. But AEW's been uh, really pushing out, and you guys brought this up earlier, with all the business moves they've been making. This includes adding more shows. And we're not talking live event type things. We mean more weekly shows. And, you know, that is a big gamble because you're still in your infancy as – as a promotion, you may say, Oh, but they were around since 2019. Yeah. But that's still, it's just a couple years, you know? Right. I mean, it, you really got to be confident in yourself to want to put not one, not two, but three shows out there. So what do you guys think about this? Well, from a business standpoint, it's one of, I just saw one of the comments. Uh, it's, it's your, from a business standpoint, this isn't easy. 
you know, it's it's really not easy. And um, at the end of the day, um, you're you got a guy that's not he's not doing this just because it's his, you know, he likes wrestling. Um, well, good. Okay. Well, that's cool too. Um, and, and with that, you have to have an infrastructure, you have to have a growth plan. And, um, I think what Tony Khan's doing and, and anyone that's involved with those decision-making processes, they're doing a phenomenal job because they aren't just copycatting the WWE. They're going to, um, different sources of revenue, different sources of advertisement and marketing. And with that, I mean, you can't go wrong because now all of a sudden you aren't playing catch up with a company that's been there for, you know, decades. You're setting your own pace and hoping, hey, hopefully they try to catch our tail or try to chase after it. And then you're ahead of the ball. So um, I think that's where I think the biggest uh, takeaway. And, and from a business standpoint, uh, company wise, I think that's that's where they're really winning. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I- I tend to agree with you. As a matter of fact, uh, to kind of go along with what you were mentioning, and I, I and I'm not exactly trying to change subjects here, but yeah, you, know, you, you mentioned uh, doing things and being ahead of the of the game. But it, it's been coming out here recently that the WWE is trying to work with New Japan Wrestling, which AEW has been doing for a while now. And I don't know if you guys saw it or not. I happened to catch uh, from one of the news feeds a promo that Tony Khan cut against the WWE and Khan over there. So, you know, and it, it was it was actually I thought it was entertaining. The, Very the good promo, and yeah. uh, and that just goes to show how the WWE has sat back and watched what AEW is doing and they see AEW being ahead of the game. And now they're going, uh, wait a minute. Um, maybe we should do that. And you know, they're, they're behind the game now they're, they're coming in late and it, <laughs> I don't know how well it's going to work for them coming in after AEW's already done it. Well, and that's the thing. Copycat it. Right. It's going to be. And uh, anyone that that follows, you know, the news or, or you know, follows that company, it follows WWE's news and AEW and all that, they'll know. Um, but that's that's the definitely going to be their biggest struggle, because, you know, even though we have two billionaires going against each other, there's also a lot more stability in one company, in my opinion, right now, just because of the tenure that it's been around. Um, and we all know how some people in WWE like to just throw out money whenever they feel the need to do so because they can. And then eventually they'll sweep it right under, you know, the carpet right from out from under you. And then all of a sudden you're going, what the hell just happened? Why do I owe them money at this point? That's just how it goes. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that that's where it's going to start getting into a little bit of a war scenario because now all of a sudden, well, you're starting to take our, you know, you're really starting to, you know, copycat our shit and that's not good. Um, but I agree with you, Hoss. I think that you're right They're, They definitely caught the ball early with that. And WWE is now trying to, to save their ass in a way and try to go, whoa, 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 whoa. Who said anything about being exclusive? I mean, that's kind of overrated, pal. And that's just, you know, it's the way it goes. But it's it's great that they got on it early. I agree. And uh, don't, we- don't forget to our viewers real quick. Don't forget, if you guys would like to voice your uh, comments. Please call Your in. thoughts. Yeah, join us. Anything, anything we're talking about. Or if you guys have something you want to bring up yourself, 
you know, hit up myself or the maestro or Dick. No. And, and we will shoot you the link to come in the studio with us. So, so basically, and, feel free. And, <laughs> and if you were to happen to either stump and or just completely blow Jeremy out of the water with a phrase, you might get a free Dick Douglas t-shirt. You might. I haven't talked to my uh, my marketing people yet, but I, I think we can make that happen. And if you actually do that, I mean, that's a prize well earned. It's not it easy. That's uh, not easy. So but can we talk about, about Sting real quick? Oh, I was going to say, I was going to transition based off a comment from our audience, believe it or not. So okay. I was going to kind of do a six degrees of Kevin Bacon shit, but it, I'm, I'm going to make this work. Okay, so Jeffrey Wilson what? talks about how he's it's kind of this thing where you connect a whole Who is bunch Kevin of Bacon? He's an actor. It's it's a long story. Just is he like does he have an idea? Uh, does he have an IBMD page or whatever that no, is? He does. IDMB is that? Idea? Oh, yeah. so he has he did like screenplays. He did a few, just just a couple things here and there. Um, the I like his last name. The one on my breakfast plate. Oh. Yeah, that's the thank you. Who would call uh, themselves? I'm Bacon? not even gonna make a type of comment for that. For, I'm not even. Uh, um, okay. So Jeffrey Wilson states that he's a Jim Cornette guy. I'm going to connect this by saying Jim Cornette was on last week's episode of Dark Side of the Ring, which yes. was on The Ultimate Warrior. Now, I'm a big fan of the Dark Side of the Ring series. What about The Ultimate Warrior? I'm not a fan of The Ultimate Warrior. I think, and, but I wanted to kind of get in the talk. I don't know if you guys had seen the last week episode or just kind of know some of the story about Ultimate Warrior because, Jim Ross, good old JR, opened up that documentary episode by saying he had never seen a wrestler with less ability than the Ultimate Warrior. And I'm just thinking to myself, well, damn, because this is a guy that saw Giant Gonzalez wrestle. And you're telling me the Ultimate Warrior had less than him? I mean, holy shit. Like, and, you know, I was I was listening through it. I was watching the episode. And it's amazing to me. Hogan never lost that championship, like ever lost the WWF championship until he lost it to the Ultimate Warrior. And the Ultimate Warrior could not carry the company the way they wanted him to. Like you're on top of the world, you're this power, you know, guy with you know that gets the crowd all hyped up, and you just bombed. And it amazes me not just how much. He was lackluster in the ring, but how much of a prick he was outside of the ring. He really was. I mean, and check out his post-wrestling career things, how homophobic, bigoted, things like that. And, you know, yeah, exactly. See, the political views, that's politics. That's another thing. It's just moral views that, to me, make him a prick. You know, so it's a can I just test. add one thing on? I'm going to let you yeah. keep going because this is your rant. You can run with it as long as you want. I think you're kicking ass. Um, I will say this. Ultimate Warriors freaking workout training videos with those kids is the funniest goddamn thing I have ever <laughs> seen in my goddamn. That is hilarious. 50 fucking years. You think I can. It was just gold. Absolutely gold. I'm just saying. If I don't, Hoss, have you seen these? 
No, I didn't. Twenty no, I fucking squats. Squat fucking down. <laughs> Just like that. Just like that. I promise you, it's gold. I mean, honest to God, I'll that is better than any match he's had. I mean, that's not that high of a bar, but I will definitely take your word for it and check it out. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I can. This is my thing. Like I said, I was glad he was able to have closure with a lot of enemies that he had. It's a shame that he passed away, how, you know, that he did at only 54, leaving behind, you know, his young daughters and his wife and everything. And it's a shame um, because nobody should have to go through that type of thing. No family should have to suffer, you know, especially his daughters losing their dad that young. As far as his wrestling career, if you want to call it wrestling, because, I mean, you can see Aaron Wallace and Jeffrey Wilson in the comments kind of talking about how we love to hear from the rest of you too, folks. I would just like to say, no, I, I really don't freaking know who Kevin Bacon is. I, I, this is a shoot. Do not know who Kevin Bacon is. So, no, really, I don't know, Jeff. And I, I beyond do know who Kevin Bacon is. And Haas just... I don't know. I'm not even gonna ask. Keep kissing that I, fans, but I know who he is. I, I was just giving you crap, Jeremy. Brianna, keep going, Jeremy. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. But no, you're fine, guys. And but no, looking at that episode, I don't think it really opened up a lot of new secrets. You know, we watched these other episodes like Brian Pillman, uh, the collision in Korea, Nick Gage, you know. And it reveals a lot more. Like the fact Nick Gage fucking flatlined for seven minutes on a helicopter. Or the fact that, you know, you, uh, Scott Norton hit a pool ball on the floor in North Korea and they broke the pool sticks and said, no, get the fuck back to your hotel room. See, stuff like that we never heard of. We've heard plenty of bad stories about the Ultimate Warrior. We really have. And how he wasn't a good wrestler. And although, though, you know, you mentioned about his workout regime. Oh, man, those little wrestling buddies are cute as fuck. They really are. I'm not going to lie. I mean, you well, can... That's, uh, he was that's a seller. A seller. He was, you yeah. can't... It's one of those things that, you know, people that are, you know, that do research into the industry and they do read the news and all that, That's they have their right to believe the same viewpoints you have. I, I get it. You know, but we also have to look at the other side of the shoe that's going, well... Ask anybody that was a kid in 1990. They all had those Ultimate Warrior bands, you know, and or, you know, in the 80s, they all they all did the, they all did that, and they that's did. how he did it. That was just me impersonating Ultimate Warrior. So you guys are welcome. That was for free, but it was just to me. It's one of those where is it? You got to look at both sides of the coin. You really do, and I'm not taking anything with it lightly in regards to his comments about people, because that's, that's not cool. Those were his own beliefs. And I'm not going to get into those because I have different ones. And, and that's just, it is what it is, but right. we can't not look away from the fact. Uh, Harley probably would say that. Um, Harley we can't all, we can't not look at the fact that he was, he, he, he was pretty iconic in that era, you know, not he compared was. to Hogan, not, not maybe not as much as Hogan because he wasn't, or even a savage, but he was still up there. Yeah, and I think, and I'll I'll say this though, and the documentary, the episode, Dark Side Ring also points this out. You know, as far as getting over, and as far as being that big power, you know, guy 
maybe not on top like Hogan and Savage, but you know, to your point, it worked because it was the late '80s and early '90s. It really did. That was a whole new era, a whole different era of wrestling. But it proved how fast a character like Ultimate Warrior could become outdated. Yeah. You know, Hulk Hogan's timeless. Hulk Hogan's timeless. Um, Macho Man Randy Savage is timeless. So I is mean, Richard not- Douglas. Thank you, Jeremy. Oh. I know. I know. Damn it. That was my next one I was going to say. But you know what? Okay. Anyway, because when. Anyway, when the Ultimate Warrior came back in '96, it's crazy to believe he lost or he won at WrestleMania against Hunter Hearst Helmsley in a minute and a half. I mean, Triple H freaking did the pedigree all in Ultimate Warrior, and he just got up. And people didn't give a crap; they really didn't because no. it was a fad. It was 1996. You know, it was. Wrestling became went, went from being that superhero, super strength type thing to the more edgier reality-based stuff that led to the Attitude Era. And Ultimate War did not fit. Hogan did because he created he was a big part of the NWO. He was able to evolve. He could still be Hogan, but he just had to alter, you know, he wasn't the you know, drink your milk. He changed trajectory. Life. Right. So Warrior didn't do that, and because of that, his wrestling career faltered and eventually crumbled. And so, you know, fad is just, or fade is just one letter more of fad. Ultimate Warrior was a fad who faded away. And, you know, but for the time he was in his prime, yeah, he was among the top in the wrestling industry. I totally agree with that. People were buying his shit and doing them workouts, right? (laughs) They still do. Those kids didn't know what hit them that show. I wish you guys could have seen that. I gotta see those. It's on YouTube. During this little break, you have got to freaking watch these videos. He did reinvent himself. I'll give you that one too, Jeffrey. But uh, we only have a couple more minutes, I think, of this high spot segment, which is cool. Um, I did want to talk about Sting doing a fucking code red. Um, That was pretty badass. Can we not talk? We didn't talk about how Sting just came out and lit the damn world on fire at sixty. That was that was pretty good. That was a great match. It showed. I mean, that guy can still move. He can still move. Sting scares me sometimes at how amazing he can still. Oh, okay. Wrestle. What do I say? Don't, don't, <laughs> do you want the lightning rod with that one, Jeremy? Or <laughs> yeah, you say he scares it. me at how well he can still wrestle. Right. And and it's true because look. After he lost to Seth Rollins, after his lackluster, to put it lightly, WWE career, everybody's like, ah, Sting is old, washed up, can't do anything. He comes to AEW, and hes it's not just that he's used right. He knows what to do. He's allowed to, you know, how do I word it? Be himself. himself. Yeah, yeah, be himself. And, you know, when he does a code red, you're thinking – how old is he again? And you said 60, and it's like, what? Really? But he shined. It was amazing. I'm glad he went from basically being retired because of neck issues to being able to have a comeback story like this, kind of like how Edge has been having one. But Sting, major props to you for what you've done in AEW so far and what you're going to be doing in AEW 
because you're Sting is not a washed up old vet. He's still got it in him, and um, he. So I'm keep happy. Going, sorry, I, keep going, keep going. No, I, I'm good. I was just saying, like, I was just praising Sting for how well he basically just proved fans who doubted him wrong, and for fans like us who like him, impressed the hell out of us. So I would like uh, we we have three minutes left in high spots, right? Is yeah. that is that fair, John? Where are we at here, Hoss? Yeah. Three minutes left. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just want to break. This is literally just came across my phone. Um, one of my assistants just sent me this. We just got word tomorrow at five p.m. on the Rhodes Wrestling Academy YouTube channel. Check out. We have some videos coming out that I think the world would like to see. So, ladies and gentlemen, five p.m. That's Central Standard Time on the Rhodes Wrestling Academy YouTube channel. We are premiering two videos. Um, they're going to be very good, and I look forward to you guys in their debut. I was there when he – okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I could imagine. I could imagine, Jeffrey. I would have lost my – I want to say right now, and uh, doing this just – the uh, Ultimate Warrior workout videos ready on YouTube so I can check some of this out on the break. I am really you, curious you, about I this. I promise you, I am asking everyone in this that's watching this, that's commented to check these videos out. It would make the whole high spot segment a whole of a hell of a lot better because that is the oh, icing yeah. on the warrior cake. It really is. But I wanted to talk real quick just because I don't want anyone to feel left out here um, that wanted to talk about matches. Triple Threat was very good. Um, you know, Obviously, that was going to be phenomenal. Kenny, Pac, they did great. Orange Cassidy was awesome. And then Cody and uh, Agogo, he was phenomenal. Most people say the uh, Cody Agogo match is probably the – it's not so much like the worst, but you know how they always say least best. And a lot of people are kind of looking at it that way. I thought it was pretty solid. Nothing really stood out to me. But I love the fact that for one night, if it's just for one night, he came out oh, as the be. American dream, yeah. Cody Rhodes. That in and of itself, it's not one of those, it's not a nostalgic thing. It is just so heartwarming because, you know, it's just that fam. it's that family feeling, you know, family first. So I love it. I just want to give this to Jeffrey real quick because you're right. The American dream stuff was really cool, Jeremy, but here, Jeffrey, just as just for you, this is my, well, goddamn pockets out there. Goddamn. There you go. There's your Jim Cornette Pockets comment. I read the comment. I had to give it to him. Well, goddamn. Yeah, one, one quick thing before we go to break. I got to do one more quick thing, and I want your guys' thoughts on this. When in the hell are we going to get a Dark Side of the Ring episode where it's just nothing but an hour of Jim Cornette versus Vince Russo? Thank you. I've been like, saying really? that. Not even just Russo. I want a whole dark side of the ring on just Jim Cornette's top five hated. I want just <laughs> an hour straight of this nonstop I, freaking. Have you ever seen what the video called? of that? Like, oh, where it's he does, great. It oh, is yeah. great. It is, I will watch that so many times. It's just entertaining. He's just like, yeah, I'm definitely putting my fuck this guy. I love that shit. <laughs> Jim Cornette cracks me up. So, yes. Dark really side does. of the ring it's episode. Great. Jim Cornette versus the world, folks. First <laughs> the world. That's what I love to hear. Guys, 5 p.m. Rhodes Wrestling Academy YouTube channel. Check it out. Are we taking a break? Let's get a break. Yeah. We'll see you on the other side. Right I'm going to watch these workout videos. <laughs>
Return of the D was imminent. Step into the mic and psych a brand new lyrics. I'm here to do what should have been done 10 years ago. You can't fuck with me. I'm stepping out the shadows. So walking overloaded. I'm ready to explode. I've lost all self-control. Setting your skills like Highlander. One slice and I watch your head. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Drew Doherty, and I am the co-founder of Cold Meal Productions, and you are listening to the absolute best wrestling podcast there is on the internet, and if you're here, you are lucky that you found it. It is time for Wrestle Talk with Joe Nay. Oh, I'm telling you, these videos, man, holy shit. Hoss, can you hear me, bud? Folks, I can't. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, you're fine. Yeah, I, I've been watching. I hear you. Holy yeah, I was gonna say I've been watching the freaking uh, Ultimate Warrior video workout video, like Drake or uh, Dick said. And uh, damn, talk well, about you the know, adrenaline. The first, the first hour, Jeremy, you were a little late to the show, but it looks like the second hour 
Looks like Dick's the one going to be a little late coming back on this one. Yeah, but at least I had work, so uh, I don't know what his excuse is. So while we're waiting for him, folks, let me give the, use this as a wonderful time to announce our thankful sponsors, our awesome sponsors, who make the Wrestle Talk podcast what it is, the most kick-ass wrestling podcast in the world and getting better every single week. And that is Everything Combat Productions, uh, Esports Bar KC, Interstate 70 Sports Media, Royal Mills Transportation, Painter String Productions, and, of course, the FWWC. And my dear friend Hardcore Haas over here has one more that he knows he is promoting. The uh, Rathbun Engraving. They're the ones that do all the engraving for Wrestle Talk. They, uh, they produce our Wrestle Talk podcast mugs. $25. They uh, have our logo on them. You can get your name on them as well. If you want to get one, just uh, hit one of us up. Let us know. And they're $25 plus shipping. Uh, and the Night Owl will be glad to uh, put an order in for you. Matter of fact, I think I have another one coming uh, for a surprise for somebody. So uh, there are bar quality mugs and everything tastes better coming out of them. That is scientifically proven. No matter what you're drinking, it always tastes better out of a Wrestle Talk mug. Oh, absolutely. And with the shit that goes on in the wrestling world and the world in general, we need plenty of drinks. I tell you that right now. Oh, but what do you know? There he he's is. He's back. Well, he's silent, but he's back. Don't there he is. Silence me. We got a good thing happening here. I was about to I say, think Hoss muted me on night. purpose. I, you know what? I could see that. I really could. Sorry, I w- I had a quick phone call with, with a very very important person, and uh, you know how that goes. So, not saying you guys aren't as important, but yeah. you know, duty calls. I'm here for everyone. You know. Oh yeah, it's it's hard. You got a lot of engagements. It you know, keep trying to keep up all of it. it. It's difficult. It does. Well, we just, you know, uh, we, that is not what you were saying while he was gone, Jeremy. <laughs> I will tell you what I said while you were gone and I'll be 100% honest because guess what? We need to have fact you, you checkers. Well, it's not just that, but you can also replay the show when it's done anyway. So you could see what I said, but I was finding it interesting because Hoss brought up the fact that I was late the first hour <laughs> Yeah, see, now he's like, shit, now I got you. That that, uh, you're late the second hour. I said, yeah, well, at least I had work. So there we go. Okay, so I don't have work, but the world has to stop when Jeremy Karp's working. But when Dick Douglas goes out and takes an important phone call, the, the whole world, tell CNN next time. I will. I'll I'll tweet it. So you know, I, I you know it's okay. You know it's okay. I, I I wish that I would be worthy enough to receive a mug, but I have to pay double. It seems like um, every time I try to check one out, it, the price jumps a hundred percent. So I don't know what what the deal is with that, but that's okay. Get a mug. I, I tell you what, we, I, if you want one, I'll put the order in as long as you're paying for it. You know. Well, that well, I think that what we do is. Uh, I think that what we would do. Is uh, we would send it to uh, D- uh, Douglas for all. 
org. They are a uh, they're my uh, 5013C. That's what's supporting this new plan. So uh, I think we'd have to pull it out of that fund. So, all right. Well, you know what? Our second hour guests are in the in the studio. So why don't we uh, why don't we transition to them? Which one of you would like to do the introductions? Jeremy. All righty. Thank you, my dear friend. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, here now on the Wrestle Talk podcast are one of the most recognizable tag teams and one of the more devastating tag teams in the Midwest. And that is Jake Prater and Sid Holland. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure, as well as Hosses and Dix, to introduce to you the Midwest Mercenaries. Welcome, hey guys. Welcome. Hey Welcome, guys. guys. It's over like that. <laughs> Thanks for having an introduction yes. there, guys. Thank you, thank you. Great to you see you again. Pass. Yeah, you as well. You as well. Thank you. How's every? Well, Jeremy, don't let me steal your spotlight here. This no, is the Jeremy Clark show, apparently. First, man. I want to. I want to hear what you have to bring to the table. I want you to go first. Well, see guys, I, see what happens when you're gone for six weeks. <laughs> no shit, you're gone for six weeks and the world stops, you know. But that's okay, guys. It's I, I really I wish I could still be down there in the Midwest with you, watching you guys, you know, wrestling your matches. You guys light the freaking world on fire every time you step in the ring. And I, how are things going down at WPW? Uh, you know, IWP. That's you guys were kicking ass and taking names to say the least. Oh man, I tell you what. Um, basically, that's that's what we we decided that we wanted to do. We wanted we saw that there's a, a tag division in the Midwest and that, you know, there's really not um, a whole lot going on with the tag division. And we just decided we wanted to set it on fire. And, um, and that's basically what we're doing. And there's been a resurgence for tag team wrestling in WPW and with IWAP. Now that we're on the scene, a lot of people are, are talking about how good we are and random people are pairing up with other random people just so that they can be in the ring with us. So it's uh, I'd say it's going pretty good right now. Yeah, and not not to cut anyone off here, but when I was leaving, taking my you know my leave, if you will, I right when I was leaving, you guys were just, and you could see it. You know, everyone's like, "Hey, hey, let's have a let's 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 wrestle together." I want to take on the mercenaries, you know, and that's that's just how you're right. It, it was really cool to see how you guys just lit lit it on fire. It was just it was quick, and it ain't gonna burn out anytime soon. Yeah, luckily I don't see it burning out anytime soon either. We we've really caught lightning in a bottle here, and and we we've definitely decided that we're going to run with it. Yeah, without a doubt. And uh, you know, Jeremy, if you could for a couple of seconds, because I got to actually I got to send out a tweet real quick because we have a premiere tomorrow at five p.m. at the Rose Wrestling Academy YouTube channel, and no, that's no. what I'm. Okay, well I got to ask guys. For those out there who don't know you, and for those that don't, I feel terribly bad for them. But yeah. what brought you two together to be um, the dominant force of Midwest Tag Team Wrestling? Well, aside from what I said earlier, with you know Jake and I, basically, um, we we became friends, uh, you know, through wrestling, and um, and we were both doing our own thing, singles wise, and it was just. Um, a, a common bond over tag team wrestling. You know, we, we were both huge fans of uh, the things that Edge and Christian, the Hardys and the Dudleys did and, um, and, and the Legion of Doom. And, and, you know, there's so many to name there. Um, but we're, we're huge fans of pro wrestling. Obviously, that's why we're in it. And more importantly, it was tag team wrestling. And we both kind of 
we saw that, uh, you know, with our uh, singles careers, there was there was ups and then there was downs and ups and downs. And so we were like, you know, why not? Why not just give it a shot? Let's let's get together. There's a lot of tag teams out there that um, are kind of just paired together guys. And we actually have charisma. So let's see what yes. we can do if we throw our heads together and, you know. We were tired of being overlooked and passed by, so we decided if we were joined together that we could conquer more than on our separate own paths. And just 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 real quick, I don't know, Jeremy, if you've been able to see uh, the, the mercenaries in action. When they go out to the ring, it's not just a normal you know crowd clapping for somebody because they're there. I mean, everyone is engaged and just they're mm-hmm. ready. And um, just to kind of dive a little bit, um, and further with your training, you know, with with I heard uh, in my my notes here it's with Keith Smith and, and Ricky Cruz. You've been a, under their guidance a little bit in your uh, development. What oh, what yeah. have they kind of taught you that uh, that you carry with you today and will for the next you know five years? Um, if I could say they taught me the biggest thing was the uh, importance of like the old school ways of the right ways of how this business should be treated and done and I think that is uh the biggest thing that Keith Smith Sr. and Ricky Cruz uh Attila Khan all those guys um taught me was they instilled the old school uh ethic into me and I feel like that's what's taken me as far as I've gotten and hopefully as far as what I dreamed about happening happened Without a doubt. And and just kind of to piggyback off, Sid, do you have anything that you would like to kind of throw out there, too, about that? Because, I mean, that's kind of that's what I'm really interested about, because we all know that the minds that you guys were working with and, and training with, they're very prominent and very successful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if I could add to that, I would say that one of the greatest things that uh, personally, I haven't I haven't dealt a whole lot with Keith. Um, he hasn't actually, uh, hands-on trained me. He's given me some advice here and there, but, um, Ricky has been a big influence in my life as far as training goes. And if there's one thing I could say, um, it'd be timing. He's taught me, you know, uh, you don't have to get everything in. You don't have to go so fast. You know, nerves are always going to be there. Just slow down, enjoy the moment, enjoy the ride and, and don't take it for granted. And I think that's been the biggest lesson for me from Ricky. That's great. And and to piggyback off of the, you know, the what's down the road and what you guys have already accomplished, what's your guys' plan here in the next, you know, the next year, we'll just say COVID's finally getting off, you know, our asses finally. Fans are coming back on television. So that means more people are going to be coming to these shows. Guidances are lifted. What are you guys looking to do here in the Midwest and not just the Midwest, the country? Yeah, anything you want to say there, Jake? Uh, you can go first. Okay, well, I basically want to start off by saying that we absolutely love the places that we're working for. We we love IWA, we love WPW, and there's this new upstart promotion. I don't know if you guys know or not, but you know, yeah, was plug there. Um, nice. Um, so you know, we we mine's another the- room where I would have grabbed mine. <laughs> <laughs> we love what we're doing. We love the fact that you know we're. We're setting, uh, we're, we're blazing our own trail. And, um, but I would say that, that our goal is to not stop here. Um, we've got our eyes on some, some big, big names, um, Dynamo Pro Wrestling. I'm just going to go ahead and drop that. 
I started training with them in 2015 originally. And um, my life was a little bit of a mess. So I didn't train very long until I moved on to something a little bit closer to home. But um, I, I still haven't worked for Dynamo. And that's on my bucket list. And and recently, Jake attended a seminar and he was able to be a part of a battle royal. And, and it's just fueled us more. Now we just want to get in the door and we want to we want to be part of that tag division. Um, we see Glory Pro out there. We see uh, Russell Mac or uh, Lewis Max, I think is the name. Um, Anarchy Pro. Um, we're both working on. Uh, I sent my information out for my uh, renewal of my license, and Jake just got his uh, physical and stuff done. So MMWA is is uh, a place I'd like to return to. Um, but I know that that what we want to do is is go up. So we're, we're looking to expand, definitely. And, and that's the thing. I, I don't say this to just anyone, but when you guys walk out there and you're, you're stepping down to the ring, it's not just some guys that are just, they want to wrestle. You guys have a plan. You guys, you, you have a great head on your shoulders. And that's what I think is really just, uh, it, it stands out the most to me because you see a lot of guys that just, they don't really have that chemistry that you two have. And uh, with that, man, the sky's the limit, especially with the plans that you have in place. Well, thank you for that. Thank you. I agree. I think I think that that's the, I think that's the best part about what Jake and I do is that him and I have the the chemistry. Absolutely. <clears throat> well, Jeremy, are you frozen? No, I'm I'm working just fine because I do got a question, and wow, I would like both of your guys' opinions on this. This is actually in reference to something Sid you had said last year. And I actually agree with you to an extent. I really wanted you, you know, you know, we got this platform. I'd really love to have you delve deep in this with me. You know, last year we had lost Kobe Bryant. Now, mm-hmm. you know, he had done a lot of controversial things in his past. And, you know, in the world of professional wrestling. I know where this we, is going. <laughs> you know where it's going. Yeah. Um, but I think it is something, you know, definitely bringing up you know nothing hopefully nothing wrong with it but a lot of people have that same type of mindset with the crispin with crispin and what he did mm-hmm. and i want you to kind of delve into your thoughts on this whole thing because a lot of people say you can't judge him but you can judge him kind of a double-edged sword type of matter and like i said to i do agree with where you're coming from with this because the world of professional wrestling it's the taxing industry mm-hmm. on, on the body and not just on the body, but the mind specifically the brain. And yes. it's a big reason. A lot of wrestlers, unfortunately don't live a long time. And I just kind of wanted your take. When I saw that, I was like, you know what? He brings up a damn good point. So I just wanted to get your thoughts, kind of elaboration, if you may, on that whole situation. Well, as controversial as it is, the way that I see it is like, uh, as soon as Kobe passed away, there was a lot of people that were just like, why is everybody mourning this guy who did this crime? And, uh, you know, I don't know a whole lot about the NBA. I don't know much about Kobe. It is tragic what happened. I'm a father. So, you know, I can't imagine, you know, being in that moment, going down with my child and how that must feel. You know, so that that actually breaks my heart. Um, But uh, 
nonetheless, Kobe did this thing. And, and it feels like there's a big fat elephant in the room, in my eyes, at least. You know, so uh, simply it was just saying, like, you know, to those fans that are defending Kobe, like, uh, there's, there's other people out there like, oh, he did this horrible thing, but he's going to immediately be put in the Hall of Fame. And then there's people that are defending him like he should be. He's the greatest. And yet, and, and I'm simply just saying, we know how you feel. You yeah. know, um, now Chris Benoit did a, a much, well, I don't know how you would say a, a much worse thing, but I, I guess they're equally as bad, honestly. Sin but, sin. That's how I look at it. A sin is a sin. Uh, yes. Good point. But, um, you know, it, it's difficult because on one hand, you know, it's like uh, Kobe didn't kill anybody, but right. what did you do to that young lady, you know, mentally? you know, probably physically too. Um, yeah. And then what Benoit did, you know, so it's, it's kind of like, does Kobe really deserve to be put on this huge of a pedestal or should we knock it down a few pegs and go, Hey, this man was a little questionable at times. Yeah. So I, I guess that would be my uh, point in that is. No, and that's fine. And I think it's great to, you know, bring that out there, you know, not to bash one side or another, but to say, look, you know, when you're in the wrestling industry, you're going to have, you're going to have this new perspective, you know, mm -hmm. casual mm -hmm. fan. I mean, I'm a big sports fan, not just a big professional wrestling fan, but a sports fan in general. So I, I watch all the leagues, you know, whatnot. I mean, I run interstate Sandy sports media, so I keep on top of this stuff. And I remember back when Kobe, you know, that whole controversy with what he did yeah. and whatnot. And, of course, I could never forget what happened with Chris Benoit and Nancy and their son. Right. Um, for as much as I can – it's amazing. I forget stuff that I did yesterday or, you know, yesterday or something. But <laughs> what happened in June of 2007, you know, is in my mind forever. Absolutely. And you had talked about, you know – putting Kobe right in the Hall of Fame and everything. Well, meanwhile, I remember there was a recall vote to have Benoit removed from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. And he, he's still in the Hall of Fame to this day um, because there wasn't enough votes. Meltzer required 60%. He only got 53%. Um, but no, I brought that up because, like I said, you know, I, I keep tabs on social media and, you know, it, I, what I respect most about that opinion is that you're not changing it just because some people disagree with you. You know, yeah, that's I think I think thing. when you look at both men's body of work, you can you can say these are two of the greatest men that ever lived and did their respective sport. But when you look at them as a as a human being, I think it's important for everybody to to show. Um, anybody who might look up to these people that they were human, they were flawed. And it, and, and, and in the end, you know, maybe they shouldn't be as looked at as such heroes. Right. I, I, no. And I totally understand that. And Jake, do you happen to have any thoughts on this the um, topic? Not, not really. I, I don't know enough about the Kobe thing to, 
give an informed opinion about it. So I'll have to pass on this question. No, I I totally respect that. Um, You know, we we ask a lot of cliched questions sometimes. And so I wanted to bring up one that I definitely have never asked in all my years of interviewing anybody ever. So well, and like that's, I said, that's a good one. That's it's quite controversial, but you know I think it needs to it needs to be said. I, I just me as a parent, I think that we should always protect our children. And so if if my son was like, I want to be like Kobe when I grow up, I would be quick to be like, his body of work, amazing. But let's talk about yeah. Kobe the human a little bit, you know? So. Right. No, I totally understand. I respect the fact yeah. that you had no problem, you know, discussing it and delving into it. So I greatly appreciate that. Um, so now as a tag team for both of you, it's a quick different transition, but now it's one that I know both of you would like to kind of delve into. You guys were, you know, to be a champion in any industry or any promotion is, is a life-changing and life-altering accomplishment. It's something that you cherish for the rest of your lives. To be the first champion of a promotion is really something because you guys officially set that bar. You, you know, the, every subsequent champion after you is like, hell, you know, we got to be just like these guys or we have to be better than these guys. Mm-hmm. I, I had said it earlier uh, to Dick and Haas in the show that being content is just as bad as doing poorly because you're not motivated enough to reach greater heights. And for you guys, uh, Illinois Elite Wrestling Tag Team Champions, but, but you guys were never content. You guys wanted more, and you achieved more. But what I want to ask you guys is, how did it feel when you guys became the inaugural Illinois Elite Wrestling uh, Tag Team Champions? I'll let you screw Jake. All right. It was, a, it was a cool moment. I really, really enjoyed it. I haven't held too many titles, you know, up until that point. So it was a, it was a very cool moment to share with Sid and uh, Ashlyn, our manager. So, yeah, it was, a, it, was, it was pretty cool. My parents were there, my uh, brother and his uh, wife. My two nieces were there, so it was... It was a pretty cool moment. Um, from my That's end, awesome. it felt it felt good to do it with Jake. Pretty much, um, it, it was a really good moment. Um, my dad passed away in May of 2020, so the whole month of May has been kind of um, emotional for me. And um, my dad passed away right at the end of May. So this was at the beginning of May when we won these. So, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, hold it together. Don't get emotional. You know, um, my first ever championship win right after I went to Barnes Jewish Hospital where my dad had um, had heart surgery and he was getting ready to get out. And he had asked me, you know, can you take me back home? And I was like, absolutely. So after my very first title win back in 2018, I took the championship directly up to Barnes. And my dad was the first person to 
see it, you know? So um, I remember being a little bit emotional, but I remember being uh, happy that it was with Jake. You know, I felt like it was with the right person, somebody I can trust, somebody who in real life I know has my back, somebody who in real life I know is um, somebody, I, I talk to him every day, you know, we're, we're about as close as you can, as you can get. And so um, it just felt good to do it. Uh, it's kind of validation too, you know. Absolutely. And while I'm going to, I'm going to transition this one to whether it be Haas or Dick, because I know we have, there's a lot that we both, all three of us had to talk about this, but I wanted to kind of bring the introduction about what's coming this way on Sunday, June 6th. And that is WPW show. Um, and it's wrestling at the WFW uh, from World Power or WPW World Powerhouse Wrestling. It's June 6th in Collinsville, Illinois at 1234 Vandalia. The doors open at 4.30 and bell time is at 5 o'clock. General admission, $10. Kids tickets, $5. And there's a nice family bundle where it's $20 for two adults and two kids. Now, what's prominent about this, Matt, about this show is you guys will be taking on the Violators, who are the WPW Tag Team Champions. So... And you'll be taking them off for the, yeah, WPW Tag Team Champion. So I got to ask you guys, is this going to be the first time you've ever faced the Violators? And what are you feeling going into this match? Well, first of all, I hate that name. I cringe every time. <laughs> the Violators. I would hope so. Yeah. It's <laughs> a very fucking gross name. <laughs> I Yes, I hate it. I absolutely, and this that, that's for shoot. I hate it. Um, but, uh, no, we, we have been in the ring with them before. Uh, matter of fact, I think it was early May, right, Jake? The, we were, the yeah. last WPW show, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So we, we worked them. Um, yeah. Cause we had, we had three weeks that were back to back championship matches and, uh, they were right around the middle and it ended in a, um, double count out because I did a dive to the outside and took out, took all of us out. So, um, wow. Yeah. We've, we've been in there with them before. Um, after, after I did the suicide dive, I tried getting back into the ring, but one of them grabbed my tights and pulled me back out. So we're, we're basically, uh, we're looking for a match that's, uh, you know, no count out. Why, 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 uh, and they, they come out with two different, they have a manager and then they have a bodyguard and why you need all that, man. You know, so because they know what's happening, they know what's coming their way. That's why. That's right. Lightning in a bottle right here, man. You can't stop what's going on right here. This is, uh, you know, this is, this is absolutely insane. And they, they know it's a freight train coming their way. And so they're trying to do everything they can, but um, so yeah, we're, we're definitely looking forward to the title match. Jake, what do you think going into that? I mean, that's, that, that's yeah. awesome. You already have one under your belt. Are you going in for, are you going to, you guys feeling pretty good about walking away with two? Oh yeah, definitely. We can, hold as many as we want as long as we put our mind to it and don't let anything else distract us. We can't let, you know, those two managers that they have outside distract us. I think, honestly, that WPW should just put me and Sid and 
those two in a cage and just let it be just us and that's it. But who knows if that'll happen? Maybe one day. I would love to see that happen. I just want to be the first to endorse that goddamn match right there. That would be really cool. We've been we've been petitioning for it ourselves. We got the championship rematch, but uh, it looks like the commissioner is not going to let us have our cage. So we'll see how this match goes. You know, I I definitely see us walking out with uh, the WPW championships, but uh, you know, all that outside interference and everything, we're just going to have to fight twice hard to, to combat it all. Yeah, and, and Jeremy, not to cut you off, but I'm I'm just curious for myself. It's been a you know a month and a half since I've seen you guys and everything with WPW. How is that? How is that layout there at the venue? Is it not? How's that venue with fans? I heard that you had a great turnout the last time. It's That's it's an absolute madhouse, man. Um, yeah, we 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 had a packed house, and we could only do sixty percent of the venue. Can you oh, imagine sure. if we could have done a hundred? That place <laughs> would have been packed up. It was already packed up. Can you imagine? And they were going absolutely insane, you know, and uh, and we got a lot of compliments throughout the night, too. You know, people were like, those those fans, they love you guys. They just kept reacting to you. And and I think that's all that's all that it is, man. You know, so uh, as long as they're reacting to us and they like us, we're going to keep coming back, you know, and mm-hmm. and with uh, the support and the love of the WPW fans behind us and any other wrestling fans behind us, we're going to keep on going. Yeah, and, and Jake, do you have anything to add on to that? Uh, I agree with um, everything he said. You know, as long as they're reacting, telling us we're doing good, and they want to see us, we'll be at any promotion that the people want us at. Nice, nice, and, and that's and this is kind of branched into my next question because we talked about COVID a little bit earlier. But what COVID? It was different. You you got to limit capacities. You can mm-hmm. some promotions can't have fans. What did COVID teach you guys as, you know, as athletes, as wrestlers? Is there a, is there something you learned from how to, how you work your matches or is there any big takeaway that you had just from it or just God damn it. We need the fans back. <laughs> a little bit of both. I know all of that, honestly, you know, I know that COVID for me, like more so personally, I had a lot of stuff change, you know, and with my mindset, you know, in my personal life. So that branched into completely changing how I, you know, act in the ring, how I perform and everything, you know, everything like that. So COVID was a as, you know, shitty and terrible as COVID was. So I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on here. I am oh, you can. Yeah, fuck it. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. So we, as we shitty use the as Iron Sheik. Oh, yeah, we do have an Iron Sheik. <laughs> Well, there you go. So as shitty as COVID was, you know, obviously, you know, affected the entire world. Um, it if you didn't let it affect you completely terribly, you know, without, you know, in the realm of possibilities, you know, it was a good learning curve. You know, for me, you know, I lost a bunch of weight, got healthier. Good, good for you, man. you know, wrestling ever since that happened has just been going up and up, and hopefully it keeps going up. So, hey, if you could do that in a pandemic year, what you guys did, just imagine what the next couple of years hold without any of this bullshit, quite frankly, happening. Right. 
So I'd say um, with COVID, it, it taught me uh, cleanliness. You know, like you wouldn't you wouldn't think uh, how many. Well, I guess you kind of would if you were a germaphobe. But nowadays, man, I hate shaking anybody's hand. If they walk up to me in the locker room, I stick out the fist. You know, please, please don't try to shake my hand. I understand it's a huge sign of respect and everything, but yeah, there's like a a, a select list that gets the the hand. Yeah. And and there's always sanitizer in my bag. There's times where somebody will come up and like they won't, they'll keep their hand and we'll shake hands and immediately I'll pull my sanitizer out and (laughs) put some in Jake's hand, some in mine. So uh, other wrestlers, please stop shaking hands, fist bump until it's gone, man. Um, But it's taught me that. And it's also taught me that, uh, you know, sometimes time off is good, you know, um, I, I got into the best me mentally that I could ever have possibly have been because of COVID and the time off. So I look at COVID as a huge blessing in my life. It, it gave me the time off to get sober. It gave me the time off to get my mind clean. Um, it gave me the time off to find the love of my life, you know, so I wouldn't have these things had not the world paused. Well, hell, man, just, you know, not just, you know, not to kiss your ass, but man, congratulations, because that's shit tough. And I'm glad that you got the best out of that. Because you both are right. It's either you can look at that whole year and go, oh, well, this is terrible. Fuck this, blah, blah, blah. But if you have the right mindset, you guys, you guys had it and you guys can really achieve what you really want to with that, that atmosphere. And, uh, you know, on top of your hand sanitizer, I took it a step further. I was with Lysol wipes and spray (laughs) because so this is for shoot before I left for RWA for Rhodes wrestling Academy. I was, I got sick with COVID Mm -hmm. from that last WPW show. So I was two weeks out going. Yeah, Yeah, there was quite a few of them. Yeah. uh, Shane told me, he's like, Hey, go get tested. So I'm like, okay, I'll go get tested. I didn't feel bad, but then all of a sudden my results came back and I'm freaking out. I didn't know, you know, hell. And that was even with the Lysol spray. So you know what, Lysol, you don't kill coronavirus. Just say yeah, it right when, now. Yeah, when I got diagnosed with corona, I tell you what, man, I'm I'm a 300 plus pound man. I'm six foot one. I'm I'd like to think of myself as a pretty intimidating guy. I'm, I'd like to think I'm still a pretty bad dude. Uh, the moment that I got that phone call and it was positive, um, dude, I it was it was just I broke down immediately. You know, because. I am a diabetic and that's something that I don't disclose to a whole lot of people, but uh, you know, I'm a diabetic athlete. So um, being diabetic, I'm higher risk. So with me being higher risk and everything, you know, I was just, I always joked before that I was like, if I get COVID, it's going to kill me. And you know, it was ha 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 kind of thing. And then all of a sudden I have COVID and I'm like, shit. (laughs) Right. That laughter and the joking went to more of a fuck. What am I going to do? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I'm not a religious person at all, but you know, I was praying to something because I was like, please don't let me die. I got a, I got a baby on the way, and you know, shit. So yeah, it was it was a, a very emotional moment, but I got through it luckily, and so luckily I was able to dodge it. You know, knock on wood, but good. I I haven't had it. I've had a couple. You know, like you know, may oh maybe, but nothing that turned out to be any positive results now it's now it's just deciding whether or not to get that vaccine right i'm right there with them. i might know a guy with vaccine cards but no that's not for public disclosure. <laughs> hey. uh, 
<laughs> um, real quick, um, before I throw it to anyone, there's someone that's been asking. Um, I don't know if I was kind of gone. Sorry for that couple of minutes. I just had something come across I had to take care of. Um, and that was no disrespect. I didn't mean anything. Oh, by that's it. okay. Totally um, okay. It, they wanted to know what tag teams they've, you guys, what was your top five tag teams, you know, in the history of the business, whether it's WWE, WCW, NWA, do you guys have that kind of Mount Rushmore? Or? I do. I don't know if Jake does. Yeah, I I have a, you know, rough list. Cool. Uh, what, what are they? Yeah, go ahead, Jake. Um, you know, uh, the Outsiders, I will, I always like them. Um, Rock and Roll Express, you know, I have to be up there. Um, the Fabulous Freebirds, absolutely mm-hmm. love them. Uh, Arn and Tully. I, I like to think that me and Sid uh, take a, you know most of our stuff if we we had to from Arn and Tully how yeah. we work in the ring and everything. Yeah. And uh, I can see it. You know, like Hardy's. I always liked Jeff Hardy growing up. So, um, if you're ever going to make a Mount Rushmore, right, the very first thing you'd ever think of is Ric Flair, right? So if you're going to do it for a tag team division, the very first thing that you should put up there is the Legion of Doom or Road Warriors. That, that to me is is top of the top, Arn Anderson and Tully, because there's there's nobody like it. You know, I think right now um, in AEW, Dax and whatever his name is now. The, FDR or whatever. The tag yeah, team. that yeah. tag team. I, I remember their WWE names, but uh, um, those guys, they come damn close. They, they're they really huge throwbacks, and uh, oh, my God, do I want to wrestle them so damn bad, you know. <laughs> uh, but so you got that, and then um, the Dudley boys. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, they, they can transition so well. They can work with high flyers. They can work with other brawlers, and and they can they can work hardcore style. They can work technical. They're they're so damn diverse that it's it, they're insanely underrated, if you ask me. Um, and then, uh, number four would probably end up being, um, Jeff and Matt Hardy just mm-hmm. for their charismatic, you know, they're so damn charismatic, um, especially Jeff. I, I personally don't like, um, Jeff Hardy <laughs> from his old TNA run because oh, yeah. I, I think, I, I just think he's a piece of shit. If you ask me, um, yeah. moving on from that though. The Hardy Boys were fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. And then the Outsiders, because, damn, they're cool, man. You ever seen anybody cooler than the Outsiders? No. <laughs> so that's, that's, a that's damn my Mount Rushmore. Really? Well, I, I guess that's more than four. That's five, but there you go. Who the hell? Who the hell what is that? Another piece of rock and cards yeah, out? Right. <laughs> if I had to add another one, it would probably be the, the Rockers, Marty and Sean. It's just, yeah. yeah, they were pretty amazing. You know, I'm friends with Marty Gennetti on Facebook, so I get the feed before the news, the dirt sheets get them, and it, it sometimes they miss out on some great posts. I'm just oh, going to say that now. <laughs> but, <laughs> that guy is a ticking time bomb. I think it already exploded four or five times, but we're getting ready for the big boom soon. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's going to be one big one that's going to set it off, and, and cancel culture is going to eat his ass alive. Yeah, it really will. Uh, it really it will. already a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I, yeah, no, that's just, uh, yeah, oh, God. Now I'm starting to think about Marty Jannetty, and I really don't want to. <laughs> so moving on, <laughs> Jeremy, uh, Horace, do we have anything to do, uh, anything left before we go into our trivia challenge? I might know the guy you're competing against. That was going to say, um, I was going to ask which one of you gentlemen wants to take on uh, our very own Dick Douglas over here in the game show challenge. Oh, boy. My brain is not quite what it used to be, but I'll give it a shot. Unless if you want to take it, Jake. I'm good. <laughs> Look, you guys see that there on his head there? Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask, but I didn't want to be rude. Yeah, there you go. Oh, That's yeah. because uh, Jake did a, a show Sunday night, and uh, it was one of the, the loan bookings that, you know, we do our still our occasional singles here and there, but – he did a match the other day and and uh, paid homage to the great Attila Khan, and he got bloody. So nice. uh, <laughs> go on my Facebook, you'll see all the pictures. His noggin's a little scrambled right now, so I think yeah. I'll take on the challenge, even though. <laughs> That's a hell of a tag team friend right there. That's a hell of a tag team right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, Hoss. I think we're ready. You to both roll. are ready. All right. I'll get that music. Make sure to have all your pets spayed. Oh, that's the wrong show. <laughs> I love now, it. before okay. we begin, Jeremy has a history. Hold on. Hold on, Jeremy. Jeremy has a history of cheating in this game. He likes to send answers before I can even, you know, think about them. So if that happens, I'm not going to take it out on you. I know who did it. I love the auto tune on that. I worked hard to make that album. <laughs> it was the only way we could make his voice sound like worthy, worthy of having it on the track. Okay. <laughs> With all that said, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this week's installment of the world-renowned Russell Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's contest is scheduled for the best two out of three falls. Our contestants are Richard Dick Douglas. And half of the Midwest mercenaries, Sid Holland, and the future WPW tag team champions. Just going to throw that out there. Yeah. All right. You want some scissors, In Jeremy? Of tonight's. Yes, I'll take some. I'm working here. It's a visual art thing. Okay. The rest In honor of tonight, yes, the Wrestle Talk podcast show challenge professional tag teams. In a moment, I will give information on three famous professional tag teams. The first person to win two fall will win tonight's game show challenge. All you got to do is shout out your answer when you think you got it. Okay. Sid, are you ready? I'm ready as I guess I'll ever be. <laughs> Dick, are you ready? Dick is always ready. And Haas is ready to and Haas is ready for that uh, DJ Kali music. Okay, let's do this. Question number one. This tag team were the first to have held 
the AWA, NWA, and WWF Tag Team Championships in their career. They were famous. Road Warriors is correct. All right. That was clean. That was clean. I can't complain about that. All right. That's my my top favorite team, man. Yeah, see, I think you just put that in there because you knew we'd know the answer. (laughs) Complain, complain. Anyway, so question number two. This tag team has been together, aside from a brief time in WCW, for nearly 40 years. They have held the Continental Wrestling Association, Smoky Mountain, USWA, Rock and Roll Express. Oh, Dick got that one. He did. So we are tied. Oh, this is, getting, this is getting hot now. We're on the final fall. Damn it. If I would have just been a little quicker uh, on that. All right. Here this we go. Oh, this one's going to lead to it. All right. Question number three. This one's for all the marbles, folks. This tag team has held championships all across the world. In their careers, they have held... The ECW, the NWA, the WWF, Dudley Boys, the TNA, the Dudley Boys are correct. So I just want to point out that I used to be on a winning streak with these until Renee and Jeremy started freaking cheating on me here and, and letting the fans answer questions. Now I haven't won a goddamn one in six Yay. months. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm glad I could lose. You haven't been on the goddamn show in six months. I'm I'm seriously just surprised with myself that I knew the answer to all three of those. So give her that was good. That was good. I'm, I I I know you didn't cheat on that one. That was those were too quick to cheat on right there. That was that was smooth. Well, thank you. D Dick Douglas is a fair loser when Jeremy doesn't cheat. I knew that last one was really good. I Well, guys, that was that was um, fun. I, I enjoyed cheat, that. But you know what? One day Dick will lose one where he doesn't complain. It's okay. It's fine. That's fine. <laughs> But, well, congratulations, hey, was, Sid. Well, I want you guys to keep that hot streak rolling. Absolutely. And when I come back right, into, Dick, I'm into shoot, town, uh, I want to see those tag belts from WPW. Yes. We will uh, – we got uh, this Sunday, WPW, as you mentioned, and then I believe the 26th. Whatever the last Saturday of this month is, I believe the 26th, right, Jake? Yeah, I think it's the 26th. Okay, and so the 26th, we're at uh, IWA in Mountain Vernon, Illinois. 
So um, we're also going for the tag titles there, and and we're number one contenders there as well. So we're on to big bad things, man. We're hoping that you know everybody just keeps supporting us and hangs hangs in there with us because we we got some more up our sleeve. We really do. Damn! By the time I come back, you guys will have seven belts. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are on such a roll. I wouldn't doubt it. Absolutely. I'm glad you uh I'm glad you guys asked us to be on. This is something that it I've wanted awesome. to do for a while now, So Yeah, the, I've never done a podcast before. This is my very first one. So it was really cool to be on here, guys. Oh cool, man. I'm glad we could have been your guys' as well. I got that. one more I got one more important off question again, for both of you. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I got one more question for both of you. Will you both be on the show again? Oh, absolutely. Welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast family, guys. Absolutely. Thank you. That is all I need to hear. Thank you, guys. That is kick-ass. Our pleasure. Uh, Real quick, let's get your guys' social medias out there. Yes. Uh, So, um, Jake Prater on Facebook. Um, If you – I don't remember if you have an Instagram yeah, it's Jake underscore Prater nineteen ninety seven, I believe. So um, we got the Midwest Mercenaries on Facebook. If you go and like and uh, follow us on there, that's where you can see the most of our postings. Um, usually, I post everything there first and then share it from there to our personal uh, profile. So Sid Holland on Facebook, Jake Prater on Facebook. Um, you can find me at real Sid Holland on Twitter, real Sid Holland on Instagram and, uh, Sid Holland MBFG on TikTok. Um, I kind of blew up on there. That was pretty fun. Um, nice. so yeah, yeah. Um, but most importantly, me. yeah, I don't, I don't understand how I didn't get banned. I put some pretty shady shit on there. I got through thrown through a table and they said I was creating violence. So there's no more Dick Douglas on TikTok. <laughs> it's a weird ass <laughs> platform. That's great. I can't wait until they see what they do to me. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my Twitter oh, is Jake underscore Prater one on Twitter, I believe. Cool. So uh, the most important that I would say is definitely right. get on Facebook, look up the Midwest Mercenaries, like and follow that because I know my friends list is getting full. I'm almost at the five thousand cap, and I don't have a like page for myself, so. Midwest Mercenaries. If you want to follow us, you want to know where we're at, you want to interact with us, that's the place to do it. Yeah. Without a doubt, guys, make sure you follow them. Follow awesome. on all Sounds social media like platforms. Show them some wrestling talk love. Yes. Sorry, Jeremy. Jeremy? <laughs> Don't. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here. Remember, this Sunday, June 6th, I know, it's the signal, but no, this Sunday, June 6th in Collinsville, VFW, you will see World Powerhouse Wrestling, where the Midwest Mercenaries, our kick-ass guests and the most dominant team in the Midwest, will be taking on probably the worst fucking name in tag team wrestling, the Violators, and a tag team battle match for the WPW Tag Team Championship. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Big Prater and Sid Howell, Midwest Missionaries, right here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Gentlemen, it's been a great pleasure. 
Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. This has been outstanding. Way more fun than the other ones I've done. <laughs> Great. Hell yeah. We love to hear it. We're going to have you on again soon, guys. After you start, after you keep collecting more belts, we got to have you on again to have a celebration. Off, man. Can't wait. Hell yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Well, thank you. We did it. Man, Jeremy was a, late both times. What a tag team. We did it. Well, they are, yeah. Great tag I team. To, we're late the second hour. I'm, I'm excited. You know what? You mentioned about how they have seven belts on them by the time you see them again or whatnot. I mean, shit, we just got to give a suitcase something to where uh, they just have to carry all that because that is a lot of gold. I'm telling you. These That's guys a are going great to merchandise idea. We get Russell Talk podcast suitcases to give to all the really the the belt collectors of the area, the ones that keep winning the championships. Because I mean, they really do deserve it, guys. I, Jeremy, I know that you're out in K, in that uh, Casey area, Hoss. You're in, on the East Coast, but they're freaking they're great dudes. They work harder than yeah. any tag team I've seen in the area, and they deserve it. They really do. Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, it has been an amazing show. I am so glad, Dick, that you are back with us to do this show. I'm really thankful. It's good seeing you again. Haas, thank you. Always doing that kick ass work behind the boards and on the mic. I'm telling you, it's a great pleasure, buddy. And one more time before we close it out, it is where we talk about our wonderful sponsors who help make the Russell Talk podcast grow, get better every single week. And that is Everything Combat, Kincaid, Esports Bar KC. Interstate Somebody Sports Media, World's Transportation, Painter's Dream Productions, and, of course, the FWC. And, Haas, what is that last one? Rathbun Engraving. Let us know if you want to get a WrestleTalk podcast mug. They do all the engraving on the mugs. They are absolutely awesome. Only $25. Hey. Was, was that all of them? We have a huge. That was it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. I didn't want to interrupt that because we really do need to thank them. Without them, guys, we wouldn't be able to do this show. And they're they're hell of a business. I mean, every one of them are great business people. They do great things. And we're really happy to have them on the show. But before we wrap up, I just got to say one last thing. A reminder, 5 p.m. Central, Rhodes Wrestling Academy YouTube channel. There is going to be a major announcement. I wish I could tell you what that announcement is now. But it's time for you guys to stay tuned. And I'll see you tomorrow. All right, ladies and gentlemen, he is the one, the only Richard Dick Douglas, the city on the hill. He's Hardcore Hoss, and I'm the maestro Jeremy Carp. Everybody, have a wonderful night, and remember, life is a book full of empty pages just waiting to be written in. Make your lives worth reading. Good night, folks. See you next week.